This is Sports Best, presented by Reposted on the Reposted Podcast Network. Coming at you like a novice traveler trying to make an international connection after landing at the American Airlines Eagle's Nest at LAX, and they need to get to the Tom Brady, Tom Bradley International Terminal. He is Larry, the Point Sky Olsen, and I am Andrew. Let's make the entire plane first class to Angola. Larry, do you have an airline credit card or do you just put it there in debit how do you how do you get points you know i i don't have one of those about every two years i think about doing it and then the work that it's required to do it uh, <laughs> i just have a reward thing that i've had forever with Citibank. i get like 200 dollars a year and then that's it it's the thought that counts i like the um the effort of putting in your name address and social security number being a bridge too far <laughs> no, it, but like if you start, a credit card is one of the easiest things you can no, do. No, but if you start researching it out, which one you should get and are you getting enough this versus that? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> By the way, I've saved up my rewards for like four years. So I'm going to have like a thousand bucks coming up here. Oh, anyway, yeah. Thank you very much. Getting getting those points. You you're one of those L.A.ians. This is for you. It's dedicated to you. It uh, took six hours, 16 innings, featured 489 pitches by 19 pitchers. Dodgers finally beat the Padres 5-3 Wednesday night, Thursday morning. No game had gone longer than 13 innings since baseball began putting an automatic runner at second base to start extra innings during the shortened 2020 season. Game ended at 1 a.m. Thursday morning. Two teams combined 7 for 51 with runners scoring position left 30 five runners stranded on a base entering the 15th. The Padres were O for 18 in walk-off opportunities. It's kind of funny because both these teams are good. You'd think they would score runs. Yeah. I mean, you get tired coincidentally, a little bit more insider baseball. That's the amount of time it takes to get for on the I 10 from Bundy to the Western exit. So that's one uh, Dodgers game. Uh, I think it's fun to have these every once in a while. I like the, uh, the, the long game. Ah. It's, it's fun. I've been at them. You're like, all right, let's, let's stick it out. You kind of get this, uh, I'm pot committed. So I got I'm <laughs> like, I'm not leaving no matter what type of feeling. And I guess traffic's a little bit better leaving. Uh, but I mean, at some point, oh, it's so hard because like your next game, you're mentally exhausted. And I, I, I bet both of these guys will lose their next game. I mean, this is baseball. I'm with you. Like every once in a while, you have these marathon games. That's what yeah. it's supposed to be about. I, ironically, like 930 last night, little the kids at school, we wanted to, uh, Albert Pools came up. The boys came on. We're watching the game. Mom's like, turn that off. They need to get in bed. Blah, blah, blah. He's yelling at me. And I'm like, come on, it's the Albert Pools. And then the game went on for four more hours. <laughs> Did the kids stay up for the whole game? No, no, no. We just watched Albert Pools and then. Their mom got crazy and they had to go to bed. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, they are still two and a half games behind your not San Francisco Giants. Ah, still second best in the NL. Star asterisk note, the Orioles did stri- did snap their losing streak. They beat the Mike Trouts. So they had a 19-game losing streak. And that's over now. So that was the longest losing streak since 2005. 19 games. Yeah, they're uh, they're real bad, and we don't know what they're gonna do. Speaking of bad, uh oh, uh oh, oh no, oh no, oh no. I was watching this Hard Knocks most recent episode of the Cowboys with 
I like, I watch it every week and I'm like, I want to like this. I got to find something positive. And while watching it, I was like, this is propaganda for Jerry Jones. I feel like <laughs> this is Jerry Jones must have final say on final cut. Cause you don't get much access to the players. It's very fluffy. The first five minutes was this very orchestrated drone shot going through their entire campus practice facility in Frisco, Texas, which is North of Dallas. And uh, there's a lot of like Jerry Jones giving a speech, him in his helicopter on his way to a preseason game. Like it's just a lot of Jerry Jones and it's like a big, just like a ego thing for him. There's, I mean, there's a couple of little things, but have you watched any of these uh, hard knocks? I've watched a couple of them. I mean, I've watched seasons in the past. I want right. to see the Raiders. I haven't watched this one as closely as I wish I had. Yeah. He definitely lives a lavish lifestyle. They all live. The Cowboys, you know, they live this lavish lifestyle. By the way, I feel like in the last 20 years, they've only won three playoff games. Mm -hmm. By the way, the Buffalo Bills won two playoff games last season. They won yeah. three in 20 years. Yeah, he it's just a big ego thing for him. And, and I don't. I don't like it. I love the, the Browns hard knocks was the best for me because you got to know players and you, I cared about them like the So this episode had something to Trayvon Diggs. He has a four-year-old son who's super cute. Yeah. And I'll give him that. One thing that stood out to me that his son was in the, in the stand. He's like, Trayvon, Trayvon. He was yelling at his dad. Do your kids call you Larry? <laughs> uh, they call me dad first. And then when I don't answer, then they start going with the Larry. And then uh, they go to the Larry Olson, Larry Robert Olson. Uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I call him, yeah. But, you know, a four-year-old is a four-year-old. That was, it stood out to me as strange. My favorite part of the episode <laughs> was when Dak Prescott said he's scared of people in mascots. Outfits. <laughs> he's afraid of mascots. I don't know. In a 60-pound lineman trying to capture him. He's cool. Mascots? No. Doesn't like it. He's a, <laughs> he's a weird, and I just don't feel like him. Him and Ezekiel Elliott don't seem like it doesn't seem like the Cowboys are taking football that seriously. And maybe there is something to be said about being loose, but just like the overall demeanor of who you think great players are. I don't think anyone in that locker room for what I see on hard knocks demonstrates that. Like, I don't, I wouldn't, I'm not putting any money on any of the Cowboys players or the team. Uh, I do just a small pushback would be that. Do you think that by chance they're trying to edit this towards like a female audience and not going the hardcore. They're giving us the fluffy, you know what I mean? So the chicks watch it. I don't think so because I think the Browns like got and the Texans, like you really got to know players. And I feel like I have not gotten to know any of these. They did something on this guy who's a fourth generation employee of the Cowboys. That was kind of interesting, but he's like the manager of the mailroom. He plays a game of spades with Ezekiel Elliott and Dak, and that's like kind of interesting, but you don't really get to know anyone. It's all, like I said, it's propaganda for you to think Jerry Jones is the best, and he feels <laughs> very um, egotistical, and I, I it makes me like Jerry Jones less. I didn't really like him that much before. You want to see more card games. I understand. That's all I want to see. Okay, Mr. Keller, the U.S. Open tennis tournament gets going this week in lovely Flushing Meadows, New York. First off, superstars Serena and Venus Williams both announced they are withdrawing. They're out along with Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal, and let's throw in Sofia Kenin. Not since the Australia Open in 1997, the year Venus Williams made her debut at the French Open, has any Grand Slam tournament 
been contested without at least one of those four without the stars. Will you watch the U.S. Open, Mr. Kelly? Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I like it. I'm I'm excited about the U.S. Open. Just it's uh, it's not my favorite slam. It's probably my third favorite. I would say French and Wimbledon, U.S. and Australian. I don't care about Australian. That's a weird time zone. If I lived in a vacuum, I would really very like to go to the U.S. Open. Like if money wasn't an option, I'd get time off. I would love to go to fly. I would. I've seen. I've driven past it on the freeway. I would love to go to New York and go to the U.S. Open. Would that be the first major sporting event you went to if you lived in this vacuum? Uh, you mean like Super Bowl? I've yeah. been to a I've been to a U.S. Open golf. Okay. I've been yeah. So I've been to like a. Thing. I know, but what would be the first place you went? Oh, I mean, I would go to the Masters. That's that's uh, not even. I would like if I if yeah, I would go to the Masters. There you go. All so right. all the biggies are out. That means more people would be paying attention to Novak Djokovic, Joker, mm-hmm. as he tries to complete the. First calendar year Grand Slam by a man since Rod Laver in 1969. Break is tied with Federer and Nadal by claiming his 21st major title. Yes or no answer, Mr. Keller. Does the Joker win the U.S. Open? The way you phrased that made me want to give political spin to it, not answer it, but I think he's going to win. Okay. So there's also going to be some extra attention on Naomi Osaka as she returns to Grand Slam action for the first time since pulling out of the French Open. You know, she said she didn't want to talk to the media. At the U.S. Open, it'll be the first major tournament that will make mental health providers available to tennis players, along with quiet rooms. So they're going to provide some rooms so the tennis players can get some quiet, Mr. Keller. I think this is nice, but I think it's <laughs> I think it's a spin. Like their dressing room is they're just going to rebrand their dressing room as a as a quiet room. Like their dressing room or wherever is like that's where they can go to be by themselves. It's not like there's Every player in one, it's not like a football locker room. They is have, it? No, it's not. And but this so, is also, this isn't, a, this isn't the Eagles concert. The, each separate member of the band doesn't get their own dressing room. It's a, it's a big facility. And they, I, I'm, I think this is as easy PR and easy branding for them. I'm, I'm not saying that tennis went at USTA, USATA, USTA. It went out of their way to be able to do anything great. It's great. Focus on mental health is positive, but I don't like, I'm not giving any special props to the U S open for doing anything extra. They're just like, yeah, quiet. It's called a quiet room. Hey man, they can rebrand called a quiet room. They can, they can. You know, who needs a quiet room is Roy McElroy. Apparently he's been playing too much golf and uh, he tweeted this. I saw he threw his three wood when he was onto the New Jersey Turnpike as he was what? playing Liberty National Golf Course on Monday. He was frustrated with his thought, with his shot. He tweeted, he's like, hey, I threw my club. If anyone's looking for a three-wood, here's where it is. <laughs> so basically, he's, he's he didn't go find it. He's just going to reload with a new with a new three-wood. Uh, I guess people are blaming it on him being mentally f- fatigued. They're like, because he's got a kid. He's been playing too much golf. He's got to get ready for the Ryder Cup in a couple of weeks. I like these guys. He he's got enough money. He's got enough p- people on his team to be like limit his his play count. Like th- I think the uh, the Ryder Cup will be his thirty fifth tournament in the year. That's like a lot. That's a lot of golf. So take it take a deep breath. Sorry, I didn't uh, do attend the pre production meeting where you watched the video of him throwing the golf club. Was this like a funny social media moment where he really threw a club? Or no, there was wasn't this- a video. He he oh. just tweeted oh. saying I oh. did this. So he did. 
if you need a three wood, this is where it is. I, I yeah. As I was scrolling through Twitter, I saw it, and then this story came up in the rundown. I was like, I'll marry those two together. Poor Rory McIlroy. He's got a kid, and he's not sleeping. His butler isn't changing the diapers. I'm playing my mini little violin for Rory and his billions of dollars that he has in the bank. Billions. Billions. He's got crypto. He's got crypto. He's got crypto money. He's got crypto. All right. Yeah, we, we've been following this story very closely here on the Sports Best Podcast. A truce has been ordered between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepa golfers. Uh, as the U.S. Ryder Cup captain, Steve Stricker, has made it clear that he will not tolerate beef talk as the Americans host Europe next month at Whistling Straits in the Ryder Cup. By the way, not friend of the show, Greg Vandenbosch, breaking news, will be at the Ryder Cup. I found that out last night. Is he playing? He's not, an alternate. He's not an alternate. He's just got fu money and gets to go to Whistling Straits. Stricker spoke to Shambo and Kepka in separate phone conversations, expressing that he does not want the beef to go on. However, it is a little interesting. We've talked about the beef before between Kepka and DeChambo. We also talked about the PGA Tour putting a forty million dollar bonus pool together to reward players who had high Q ratings and did attention grabbing stuff on the social medias. And this beef started right after the PGA put the $40, $40 million beef pool together. So they're doing exactly what the tour wants, getting their Q rating up in a beef. And now they can't beef anymore. Does that make sense? They can beef. The only note I wrote on this story was they want to get their Q rating up and they're, they're going to get paid. And I love it. But the PJ wants them to get their two their rating up. Yeah, it's good. Like it doesn't matter if they're told not to beef. Like they there's gonna be post-game interview, like especially if one of them screws up, like there's gonna be offhanded comments and jabs, and it's gonna be great, and we're gonna love it. And who knows if they actually mean it towards each other or not. But um, I don't know. I, I think it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. Do you do you know who Cameron Smith is third in the FedEx Cup rankings? Uh, the dude with the mullet, I'm familiar with him. So he was interviewed. This is a little bit about, it's not about the Ryder cup, but he's, uh, he's in third and he got interviewed asking what he would do with the $15 million. If he won the FedEx cup standings, he's like, I'm pretty set to be honest. I'm good. I'm good with what I've got. I don't know what I'd do. Maybe buy some fishing equipment. I love the idea of I'm going to get $15 million bonus. I was like, ah, maybe I'll buy a new Orvis rod. Like, Maybe Cameron Smith is a, a good example for these two guys that have been beefing. I, I like this idea because once again, you hear these people getting hundred million dollar contracts. It's like, what are you going to do with that? This guy's got this. Maybe I get, I just love it. Yeah. There, I, there, there is a saturation point where you can't spend all that money. Seriously. It's like you just start spreading it around, but who knows? I'll buy a skateboard. Speaking of people that uh, have too much money in skateboards, Tony Hawk has teamed up with Liquid Death, and they are <laughs> selling 100 special edition skateboards that have Tony Hawk's blood embedded in it. They're going for $500 a piece. Tony Hawk, I don't know why he's doing this. They said a part of the proceeds are going to help save the ocean from plastics. Uh, none of this makes sense. To me, the most interesting thing is Liquid Death is this company that started in 2019, and they seem to be everywhere. It was founded by this guy, Mike uh, Sincerio, 
and he was a former creative director at Netflix. And it seems very similar to the trajectory of Red Bull, where it's not about the end product. It's about marketing and awareness. If you look at any of the major podcasts, the reposted podcast on the reposted podcast network, all sponsored by Liquid Death. What do you think? Are you going to shell out $500 for this board? So here's what I think is really cool. I love this idea. And I've often said, if I ever became as famous as Tony Hawk, the thought that I could go sit in a chair, delineate myself of like five points of blood, and then go put that in a skateboard and then sell that for $2 billion and then help plastic get eradicated from the ocean. Like, that's so great. All he's got to do is give his blood and he's going to go save. I just think this is a great story. So $50,000 is what they're going to gross on these. Cool. That's not that much was, money. He just gave blood. What did he do? He sat in the chair for 20 minutes, gave his blood, and, and $50,000 appeared for the oceans. Here's a peek inside my twisted mind. I want to buy <laughs> one of these, extract the blood, plant it in a crime scene, and frame Tony Hawk for murder. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say, go get the skateboard, extract his DNA and then make a Tony Hawk baby. That's clone him? I would not <laughs> clone Tony Hawk. That's what you're going to say. No, no. Well, I miss Tokyo 2020 oh, and apparently doesn't? they're still coming back in the news. Who doesn't? It appears that the metals are starting to peel. So uh -oh. a uh -oh. Chinese trampoline gymnast tweeted a photo of her gold medal and the edges are starting to peel a couple other people have chimed in being like yeah these are starting to fail the way they made the medals was from 2017 to 2019 organized for organizers for the olympics collected almost 80,000 tons of appliances and used recycled metals to make the uh, metals and i think that's kind of a cool thing stop stop biting your gold medal and maybe it'll stop peeling. I don't know. Is, is this something that people should be up in arms about? Of course. These people work for years and years to win their medals and then they get them and they're like peeling like cornflakes. This is habakash. What's the, what's the end goal of having a medal to put it behind glass and frame it in your office? Or is it to wear it around to get uh, premier seating at Nobu? Dude, I would wear it to Nobu without a shirt. I would just have a medal and no shirt and say, seat me at Nobu, bitches. You can't go shirtless unless you have an Oscar. Oh, damn it. Gold damn medal it. doesn't get you anywhere. I always knew it, damn it. This has been Sports Best. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week from Larry and his old-ass computer. I'm Andrew from Gold Medal. Thanks for stopping by.